0: Nice. So uh, welcome to PR Tech Wednesdays, the weekly video chat where we discuss the latest developments in marketing and PR tech. I'm Eric Schwartzman. I'm your host. And thanks for coming. We do this every Wednesday from 12 to 1. It's a free event. And you can sign up at prtechwednesdays.com. So if you're watching the live stream on Facebook, if you're watching the live stream on LinkedIn, if you're watching the live stream on Twitter through Periscope, or if you're watching um, the live stream on YouTube, you can actually go to PRTechWednesdays.com, sign up, and then you can actually come into the Zoom webinar and ask questions. And we bring people on screen to ask their questions. This is a video chat. It's a participatory event. So if you have questions, I want to invite you. I'm going to bring you on screen, and we're going to ask them. So, you know, events are a major pillar in every corporate strategy and every content marketing strategy, but obviously events aren't happening anymore because of the pandemic. Um, But the cool thing about events, right, is that they bring everybody together at a moment in time, right? It's, It's a way to bring people together and connect with people at one time. And so to talk to us about streaming in virtual environments I'm delighted to have with us today Anya Rosina. She's the Head of Growth from Restream. Anya, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Hello, everybody.
0: We're going to mix it up a little differently uh, this time. Um, I'm not going to do a Bookstagram of the Week, and I'm not going to do any of the introductory uh, announcements. We're just going to get right into it. So if you think about the different things that you could live stream, right? here's some examples. You could do an Ask Me Anything or an AMA. You could do office hours if you just wanted to have a time where people could connect with you if you're a subject matter expert. Uh, You could do keynotes and panels. Um, You could do uh, behind-the-scenes tours. You could do training programs. You could do employee spotlights as a way to recognize and celebrate uh, top-performing employees. Uh, This is a great way also to build your personal brand. It's a way to do community engagement events. Uh, It's a way also to do new product releases and tech product demos. Um, Some of the early adopters with streaming have been universities. They were some of the first ones also with podcasting, uh, tech companies, and also professional services. I want to start with a little story. Uh, So in 2010, I got a call from a guy named Scott DeJager, who at the time was a public relations person at Toyota, and this was just after the 2008 economic financial meltdown, as a result of the stock market crash, and also the housing crisis. And he said, "You know, we're we're concerned because we're getting ready to go to Detroit. We're going to unveil unveil the new Prius, and we're no one's going to be there. We're looking at pre registered press that are supposed to attend the conference." And we got a third of the press that we usually have now in the past, we'd always kept everything a secret, got the press there and then went through them to get the message out. Now we've got a third of the people we need to go direct. He said, we want to live stream this reveal of this Prius. Can you help? And at the time I was the chairman of I press room. Um, I'm still a board member, but I sold the company in 2015, the majority share any, in any event, you know, there was no restream at the time we couldn't just call restream and hook them up. We had to sort of figure it out our own on our own and during the reveal, this is a time when that site dig was really big someone posted a dig link to the live stream Now the live stream was not password protected anybody could get to it and so we got the dig link and we had huge demand. But uh, thanks to the partners we were working with at the time, we managed to keep the thing going. And I remember thinking about it and just thinking that this is the future. The future is not necessarily relying on the media to get the word out, but just going direct to consumers via the web, particularly if you can stream. Um, Apple announced in March that they're going to live stream their next developers conference. So, you know, the the, the conference where Steve Jobs used to wear the mock black turtleneck and talk about the new products, that's going to be live streamed this year. Um, so let's start with just a discussion sort of about where we are with, with streaming. And Anya, tell us, like, you know, are you guys, you know, working with partnering with any conference organizers to live stream any events? And what's your experience uh, working with conference organizers to extend the reach of what they're doing in the real world to, to the web?
1: Yeah, um, great question. Um, so before, before the pandemic and crisis, we did work with uh, several conferences and several trade shows that were happening in real life, right? Um, those conferences would hire uh, professional audio and video operators and teams and crews to help them cover the events with professional cameras, professional sounds. And Restream would be essential element there if they wanted to stream it to multiple destinations simultaneously, because this is what Restream is all about. Take your live feed, take your broadcast and put it on all platforms such as YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn and more at the same time. Um, so that was our reality. A lot of times you would go to those events and see people who are actually kind of running the streams and they would see our t-shirts and say, oh, hi guys, we know you, we are using Restream right now. Uh, powering this you know, big booth that we're trying to, uh, to broadcast from. Um, so now with, with the changes in the world, with the global situation, of course, pretty much everybody is in a situation when if they want an event, it will have to be virtual. It will have to be live um, on um, social media platforms or some other way through webinars and other tools. Um, so I can give you an example of some big events that uh, were powered by Restream that we are very um, happy to be part of. Uh, oh, our biggest yeah. so far... Yeah, our biggest so and far also, is the and W.
0: Let me just interject for one minute. In the chat, have you guys streamed at all? Let us know. Have you streamed yes or no? Are you looking at it? What platforms are you using? Uh let us know in the in the in the um in the chat, please. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fine. No, yeah, that's a great question. I would love to I would love to see what people uh say because I'm always very curious to see like, you know, how people are coming. Coming about streaming these days, so yeah, our biggest event so far um, is the WHO One World event. It was powered by Restream. It was this big concert with a bunch of celebrities, and it was also a massive fundraising effort. Um, we saw twenty plus million people um, watching the event right across different platforms. So it was a huge, um, huge thing, and obviously for a great cause. Um, in addition to that, there's several others, slightly smaller. Uh, One of the recent ones is also Comedy Gives Back, uh, the Love Aid uh, event that has more than two and a half million viewers when different comedians came uh, to live stream to support um, the good cause of relief funds uh, for to fight and to respond uh, to the pandemic and uh, also to connect with their audience. And of course there are some other local and smaller events, conferences uh, that different corporations and smaller companies are doing. Um, events that are regular in different industries and areas, uh, but yeah, all of those things could be restreamed through us if you want them on all
0: platforms at the same time. So uh, March eighth is pretty much you know the lockdown date, and that's when things really changed in you know in the U.S. So what kind of increase in demand have you seen since then?
1: Um, so just like the whole world around that time, um, Restream team basically woke up to a realization that all of a sudden, overnight, the whole world needs live streaming. So it was very um, dramatic jump up for us. Um, And of course, the the events that are related to COVID-19 are extremely tragic, but it was really, um, I guess, inspiring to see how many people decided to to take their message, to take what they're doing, to take their work and put it into virtual world and go live. Um, And show up, you know, so that was very, um, very inspiring moment for us for sure. We did double pretty much every uh, major metric that we were typically tracking. Uh, That includes the number of people who were signing up and coming to Restream, uh, joining our community, as well as the number of outgoing streams. So the content that our creators are producing that is powered by Restream, as well as the number of viewers, average concurrent viewers that typically watch the streamers that um, use our platform doubled. pretty much around that timeframe of March. Um, another kind of unexpected metric, I guess, is because this kind of volume overwhelmed our support team. We had to hire a bunch of people in order to support all those new customers with onboarding, with uh, troubleshooting, with setups, because we are very proud of our 24-7 customer support that um, helps people when when they're not sure how to start streaming. Um, so during the time when a lot of people were struggling to keep their jobs and were in financial difficulty, Stream was hiring, and I believe we still are looking for support representatives. So that was uh, a little bit of silver lining right there.
0: So um, you guys are uh, powering Streams for a lot of different customers. Who Of all the customers out there, who gets the most engagement? Talk to us a little bit about sort of the pecking order of live streaming.
1: Yeah, so when Restream started um about five years ago, it was actually founded by two very passionate people from Ukraine who saw the opportunity in live content and they were very visionaries, thinking that the future of content is live. So it was text and photos, then videos, and now the next step is live interactive video. Um so when they created the um, uh restream platform. There was no Facebook Live. There was no LinkedIn Live. Of course, uh, YouTube and Twitch were kind of still new things for a lot of people. And um, at that time, a lot of streaming was happening and coming from gaming community because video games are very easy to stream. You don't really have to think about content. You don't really have to create a script and things like kind of like think about what you're going to say and do on camera, the video game itself is already content and it's exciting. It's interesting. So because of that, a lot of our users traditionally were coming from video games. But then of course, nowadays uh, we're expanding in all different directions. We have musicians and celebrities streaming their music and, and art we have politicians, uh, people like President of Mexico, um, Prime Minister of UK, pretty much every candidate to presidency uh, in the United States uh, are all using Restream in order to connect with their community. Um, of course, gamers are still there, um, individual creators and game publishers, as well as some unexpected industries too, like fitness trainers who are trying to go live with their classes, churches and worship organizations trying to keep... Uh, in touch with their community by going live and streaming services. So from all of those things, I would say, of course, if you have a celebrity involved, that becomes very big and popular stream. Same happens with politicians. Um, And then, of course, with gaming.
0: I just a note to everyone um, we have in the in the on the chat with us uh, on the call today, Uh, former United States Naval Public Affairs Officer Jim Heft, who coordinated communications at the official site of Deepwater Horizon's Unified Command uh, for the Joint Command Center in Louisiana. And Jim, uh, James, welcome. It's great to have you on. Uh, Thanks for chatting. Thanks for your service. I'm going to post a link to the interview briefing I did with him if you're interested in that. It's fascinating um, so that people can listen to that. So, when you get past celebrities and musicians and this type of thing, when it gets in sort of the corporate world, what type of live streams do best and get the most engagement?
1: Um, Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, It kind of depends on the community and depends on the company. Um, I can give you some examples of one of our biggest corporate clients. Um, And I already mentioned, of course, celebrities and politicians getting a lot of traction because of the nature of their message and how many people are interested in hearing what they have to say but when we talk about corporate clients, um, one of our kind of long-term uh, users is Microsoft. Uh, so they traditionally stream uh, educational videos. They basically teach you how to use certain products. They share certain releases. One of the recent streams that they did on LinkedIn that caught my attention was about Microsoft advertising. They were basically breaking down how the tool works and what are the benefits, how specifically how, how you can use them, a little life hacks and um, you know, like learning tricks Uh, The same um, capacity was um, typically used by Cisco. So Cisco is one of our clients and they are typically streaming things about how to use the system, how to use the platform, how to use the tools. Even though right now with the global pandemic, uh, they kind of moved a little bit towards streaming concerts and music. So I see a lot of times they're streaming um, artistic content um, in order to support the community and kind of spread spread the good vibes. Um, another interesting case from corporate world is a company called ZBrush. Uh, they are a 3D um, sculpturing, 3D solution tool. And they took a slightly different approach when it came to the type of content, instead of just showing how to use the tool and sharing the updates and kind of like product demos. They actually invited different 3D artists from all over the world who are using the tool and asked them to share their stories, how they they became artists, what kind of 3D artwork they do. Did they work for movies industry or video games or industrial um, 3D imaging? And those people were basically sharing their stories and ingraining a little bit about how the ZBrush um, is part of their day-to-day life and, uh, and their activities. So that was a very interesting way to Kind of approach how you could um, how you could share content with the community.
0: So you know, YouTube has this Creators Academy um, uh, microsite where there's all sorts of these pre-recorded videos to help creators make good videos. Um, you know, one of the things they say is that before you can actually start earning money on YouTube. You have to have a thousand followers. So, uh, is there a what, how does it work with respect to monetization on streaming? Because I know you have gamers and and other people on your service that actually you know stream and make money off it. So, talk talk to us about that world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's actually very much um, in line with what I do for Restream. I started as global marketing manager, but eventually I transitioned to partnerships and influencer relations, so I do drive a lot of our relationships with influential streamers, and also some of my projects were related to helping streamers to monetize their content and kind of connecting them with other advertisers and sponsors. So I like to say that there are three ways to monetize your content on any platform, and if you're going to multiple platforms at the same time, it's probably going to apply um, as well. So you can get monetization from the platform itself. Like you mentioned, once you reach a certain number of followers and views, uh, YouTube will share revenue from their advertising with content creators. So that's one way to, to earn. But of course, those transactions are pretty small, because imagine that's a small portion. And especially if you're not huge, and you don't have millions of views, yeah, you probably will not be seeing a lot. Um, additional source of income for a lot of streamers is donations. This is very popular among gaming streamers. And A lot of individual content creators would actually have the opportunity for their audience to support them. They have all kinds of electronic wallets, all kinds of different ways how you could tip them or basically support their channel with some kind of subscription. Uh, This is uh, very—it's a great way to kind of reach out to your community and say, hey, if you like what I do, uh, kind of donate, support me so I can continue doing that. So a lot of um, streamers are leveraging that opportunity. And the last and probably most lucrative way to monetize your content is direct sponsorships. So if you, uh, if I'm a brand, for example, Restream is a brand, right? And we are looking for content creators who are capable of speaking intelligently about streaming, teaching other people how to use different tools, integrate some information about Restream and share our tools and our Uh, solutions with people who are also looking into streaming. So those kind of people will be very interesting for us in terms of supporting, sponsoring them, whether it's a one-time sponsorship, like, hey guys, create those videos for us, or it's a long-term relationship where we continue supporting their podcasts, their live shows, um, and other content that they bring to their community.
0: Let's talk about um, preparing to go live for a stream what what what's a, what's a sort of checklist of things that you need to do to be ready to go live and produce a, a successful live stream
1: um that is that question depends on what kind of person you are it depends on how crazy you are about having everything under control what is your level of perfectionism and how how tolerant you are to things not going necessarily exactly the way you expect them to go. So that is like, so basically start with that filter and kind of position your, where are you? Like, are you that type A person that has to have everything perfect or you're kind of okay to go with the flow and you know kind of play around if something goes wrong. So depending on that, you can spend a lot of money and a lot of time preparing for any live stream. You can buy really good gear, um, great equipment, professional cameras, lights, uh, green screens. Um, and think about your internet connection that is going to support your live stream. Think about potentially somebody else to help you with comments and moderating the uh, reactions of your community. So you can you can really build a whole thing around that and spend weeks and months preparing before you first go live. Alternatively, you could have just your web camera, um, internet connection that is stable, and uh, a tool like Restream or several other broadcasting softwares that will just allow you to go live just as is and enjoy the trustworthy and the authenticity of that moment when you appeared when you showed up um, as long as you have something to offer and to say so my personally my my advice would be do not overthink it to the point like i have to have a professional studio and perfect beautiful everything before i go live i would say start with something small of course cover the basics, have your camera, have your lights, have a decent background, have a good internet connection, and figure out what kind of tools and what kind of platforms you want to go to. Um, And then just go live and see what happens. Because a lot of times people would invest a lot in preparing for their live stream just to find out that no one is actually watching. And a lot of times people would show up just as they are and see a lot of traction, which is a great indicator that it makes sense to invest more.
0: So I can tell you uh, that I use a Razer uh, Kayo camera. uh, That's Mm -hmm. an external uh, webcam. Um, I have a, um, a, 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 what's it called? Oh gosh, Um, I have a blue microphone. It's a Yeti Blue X. Um, I also, I'll show you here behind me, I actually have a green screen, so I'll turn it off. So there you see what it really looks like behind me. That's a green screen. And then this is, um, I intentionally go with an illustration because I don't want it to be fake, like, you know, oh, he's trying to make it look like he's somewhere where he's not. I had heard um, from Guy Kawasaki, and uh, his advice was clean up your... Your, your office or your place, take a picture of it, and then use that as your background, a real picture of your place. Uh, but I guess it's personal preference there as well. Another thing on preparing to go live, I can tell you, you know, Anya and I got together yesterday for about a half an hour and talked about what we were going to talk about today. I typically do do a brief where I have my questions ready to go. And then I send out the email to everyone so that you guys know what we're going to talk about. Um, so let's get into sort of the weeds of how you actually stream. Um, how do you set up a live stream? How does it work?
1: So there, like I mentioned, there are different ways to do that. Um, it kind of depends on how much control do you want to have over your live stream and also what's your goal. If you are streaming yourself, if you're trying to show something that's happening on your screen, like showcase the product, create a tutorial – um, if you are trying to do more of a journalistic type stream, something that we're doing right now, when you interview somebody, when you have a conversation with a guest, so depending on what's your um, what's your situation and what's your goal, uh, there are different ways to do that. So the most popular ways to go live right now um, include the software called OBS uh, that stands for Open Broadcasting Software, and that is the opportunity for anybody to connect multiple channels, multiple um, sources of video, for example, multiple cameras, uh, as well as capturing your screen um, if you are trying to show something that that's happening on your screen, like a video game or presentation. And that uh, tool gives you a lot of control over effects, over changing scenes, potentially changing between different cameras, uh, different sound inputs, and, and things like that. So it's slightly complicated, but it's worth it if you're trying to set up a professional stream where you need a lot of different things uh, going on. Alternatively, there are ways to go live um, that are made for people who just wanna keep it simple. And one of the examples that I'm gonna give is Restream Studio. So with Restream Studio, you can sign up, create an account, go to your dashboard and immediately connect your, uh, oh, here we go. Here's, here's a great uh, view of that. And you connect to your web camera or whichever camera you choose to use connect your channels. Um, It's a little bit of a process because you have to add them one by one. Uh, If you have a lot, it's gonna take you a little bit, but if you just want to, let's say, start with three or four major ones, you connect them right here, just like Eric shows right now on the screen. Um, And then after that, all you need to do is uh, do a little sound check and then go live. And then we will send that stream to all of those destinations at the same time. And we'll also aggregate the comments and chats for you. Um, If you're using OBS, that's gonna be um, with our um, web browser or downloadable application for chat. If you're just using studio and you don't use any other tools then, then we'll aggregate them in the studio chat section. Um, so that is one of the very easy ways to just kind of go and w- without setting up too much. And um, with Studio, also we have a guest feature, so you can invite up to three guests right now, um, and have multiple hosts or uh, multiple experts and panelists um, to have conversations
0: with. So I've never, I've never used a Studio. Right now, we're actually streaming from Zoom because you guys have a partnership with Zoom. Talk to us about how that works.
1: Yeah, so another thing is like, yeah, so so of course, there is one thing that you can do if you're streaming yourself, there's another thing you can do if you're having guests, and of course, the next level is if you're doing something like a webinar or a big conference or something that requires a lot of attendees and a lot of people. So, in that case, of course, Zoom is a great solution because you can create a webinar, you can schedule it, you can uh, promote it on your social channels, and then once you're ready to go, you uh you go on zoom you start your webinar and then there is a button that allows you to go live um i believe that is only available for paid accounts you have to be on professional or right or, right uh, right
0: yeah you basically go more and then there's um a place to basically bring in a couple of keys that you get yeah. from restream and plug them in to zoom and it's i'm not a technical person i was able to do it pretty yeah, it's easily. pretty
1: yeah it's pretty Took easy me just 15
0: important. minutes And now anytime I want to do it, I just basically I'm in Zoom. I just hit the go live option. And then in Restream, and I'll show you that again. Let me just share the screen with you again. So here in Restream, you see I have uh, my personal Facebook. Periscope is how I'm able to um, hit Twitter. I go to YouTube, um, a section of YouTube called YouTube Live. Um, Now, to do LinkedIn, you actually have to be – it's LinkedIn Live, and and it's in beta, so you have to be approved. So, go ahead and sign up for that. What I heard was that they uh, want to approve people with pages that have at least 1,000 followers. And then I'm also hitting these three Facebook pages as well. So, really, I mean, all I'm doing is just scheduling it all through Zoom, turning it on, and then going live here – um, I do take a moment to um, specify what the uh, particular uh, uh, webinar is about. And if I just do it once in Restream, it goes ahead and shares the video with that same title and description across all the different social networks.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah, if you want to do that from Zoom, you just select Custom Destination select uh, Restream stream key and then uh, send it to Restream and then we will send it everywhere uh, to all the destinations that you connect it.
0: So now some people say that, you know, the environment in these different social networks and the expectations of users is different. So, I mean, does it work to take one stream and put it everywhere or is it better to do like one type of stream for YouTube, one type of stream for LinkedIn? Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you're absolutely right. Different platforms are kind of catering to different kind of communities. um, And it depends on how you treat your channels. If you're using uh, live streaming for professional purposes, um, a lot of times your Facebook, your company's Facebook page and your LinkedIn company's page is going to have kind of similar look and feel. But your YouTube channel might be slightly different. Um, Your uh, Periscope and Twitter might be also a little bit you know different in terms of what kind of people show up there. Um, I believe if you keep it consistent, uh, it is not a bad thing to do. I think it is good to recognize when people show up from different platforms that this comment is coming from Facebook, this comment is coming from YouTube so okay, so, so you can show the community that you're seeing them, you're seeing the source that they're coming from. If for whatever reason your channels are drastically different, for example, if your LinkedIn and Facebook is professional information about PR technologies and your YouTube is something where you typically just stream music or share you know, your personal artistic videos. In that case, of course, it's not a good idea to stream the same stuff to those destinations. But for professional purposes, I believe it does help to keep that consistent across different platforms so you could reach wider audience at the destination at, at the platform that they are most comfortable coming and seeing you.
0: Uh, we're going to bring uh, James in. He had a question about uh, ownership, copyright.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Hello. Hey, <laughs> there he is. Hey. Eric, how are you? Anya, good how to are, see you? are you? Good you. Welcome. So it's good to see you. I was not expecting to be brought on live, but hey, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the best. Yeah, so... So thanks again for doing this. It's very educational and particularly important to me because of uh, a new position that I am getting ready to take. And so uh, being up to speed on this was very important to me. But um, as a member of the military, uh, before I would implement something like this, I am always concerned about security. And ensuring that you know the, the 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 content that we're managing is going to always be our content. Um, so, how does Restream you know ensure that that happens and manage that?
1: So, we do have uh, certain security, like, and, and of course, I'm not going to be able to intelligently speak about all the technicalities of how specifically our security system works. But we do believe that our accounts are very secure, and as long as you're if you're following simple rules, such as you don't share your passwords with anybody, and you are. Uh, keeping your information um, that is supposed to be private, private, Uh, the the odds of someone else uh, basically breaking down, breaking into your account are relatively low. Uh, When it comes to uh, the type of content, because with live streaming, you have this kind of a two-way street, right? There's one thing that's happening that you are streaming and you're creating, and then there's another thing that's coming from the audience. You're getting comments, you're getting reactions, a lot of times, you have the opportunity to showcase those comments. For that kind of thing, we definitely recommend. If your information is sensitive, if your audience um, is kind of more used to polished and selective things, um, you could use help of a moderator. So someone would be basically selecting comments and kind of like making sure that the chat um, keeps things um, organized and and clean. Um, other than that, uh, for, for your personal security, uh, for the security of your account, um, I believe Stream is doing a pretty good job. We have never heard of any massive secure breaches and, and things like that, as long as you follow the, you know, the key procedures of how to keep your
0: information. The, the, uh, the rub from a social networking standpoint is you get to keep ownership of your content. But when you share the content on the social network, you give the social network an irrevocable royalty-free, non-exclusive, worldwide perpetual license. So you still got to own it, but they can do whatever they want with it. You know, that's the thing. They can't necessarily alter it, you know. They couldn't necessarily play with it. But, you know, in terms of any exclusive right, you would have to license the content that that would be forfeited once you clear the social network.
2: For yeah. sure. And, and and Anya, you actually brought something up, though, that I also find a little bit unwieldy with the experience. Um, uh, when we were doing Deepwater Horizon, we used Cover It Live um, and, you know, trying to moderate Cover It Live uh, as for well those as...
0: Don't know, for those who don't know, tell us what Cover It Live was.
2: Co- Cover It Live was effectively live blogging uh, and, you know, a, a blow-by-blow Uh, situation you know like as events were happening you would be typing up the uh, actual event or actual situation as was happening you would hit enter um, and then you would get engagement with comments uh, through cover it live as well and and so it was a really dynamic um, environment to be be part of and it I think here with live streaming, the fact that we're talking <laughs> we can <laughs> obviously we know that it's a lot easier uh uh with video uh, to do that and make that happen. however, the same principle does apply to a certain extent, so you have a chat room going on, you have different video cameras that you're responsible for uh you have different rooms and different streaming um platforms that you have to monitor and and I guess the, my question is is um are we back in the days where you would really need to have sort of a technical director or a producer or somebody behind the scenes managing all this while you're thinking about, you know, getting the appropriate content out to your public.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. It is um, very much dependent on the size of your community and how much you have to manage. If you have a very busy chat and you're going to over five platforms and a bunch of people are very active and, chatting and messaging of course it is going to be very difficult to stay focused on your message on your content uh and also monitor that and also react to that so of course in that case it would make a lot of sense to get some help if you are just starting and your company uh, let's say focuses on three major platforms like facebook linkedin and youtube and you are putting content there and on average you have let's say under 20 people who are commenting um and you dedicate certain time um, during the stream when you want to pay attention to comments and kind of interact with the audience I personally believe it's pretty manageable to do it yourself okay. um, I do host Friday lives um, myself for restream and also on my own profile on LinkedIn it's only three platforms and this is kind of my setup I have about twenty people for active uh, about fifty people watching on average and I'm perfectly comfortable managing it myself but I understand if that number doubled or tripled I would start thinking okay maybe maybe I need someone to help me out and serve the comments for me and filter things out and kind of like get my attention to things that um, I might not necessarily be thinking because I'm also thinking about what I'm saying. So yeah, so, good question.
2: Just stuff to consider for sure. And Eric, thank you so much. It's great to see you again.
0: Yeah, good to see you as
2: well. <laughs> Thanks for showing up. Sure thing.
0: Um, so let's talk for a minute about Sightline. So if you're watching me right now, I'm looking right down the barrel of of the camera. All I see is the little dot. Um, I don't see Anya. I don't see the chat stream. I just see the camera, nothing else, right? I am looking straight down the barrel of the lens right now. And I have noticed like the YouTube creators that are really successful, they tend to do this. You know, not to the point where they don't look away occasionally, but they tend to keep right down the lens. And if you see, like if you're watching right now, I want you to tell me, do you feel more connected to put put this in the chat? Does it is it a better connection when I'm looking straight down the barrel of the lens like this, looking right at you? Or is it better when I'm looking off screen a little bit? You see, it's just it's such a subtle difference. I mean, it's maybe five degrees. Right now I'm down the barrel of the lens looking right at you. Right now I'm looking at Anya, you know? So what What are your thoughts on that, um, Anya? I mean, how do you do that? See, James says down the barrel definitely, but I couldn't do that, James, because I would forget. I need my notes. So I guess I'd need like a teleprompter or something. So Anya, what is sort of a best practice for uh, helping someone who's going to present stay focused down the barrel of the lens, but then, you know, not forget what they want to talk about? not be able to look at their notes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, um, that is a very delicate line right there, right? Because, um, of course, teleprompter is very helpful, uh, but most people do not use that when they stream live. And a lot of times, your content is not necessarily super scripted, especially if you're doing live stream and you do an interactive part. You cannot pre-script you know, the questions that people will put in chat. So you will have to be a little bit improvising. And um, I personally prefer to look in the camera because I do agree with you 100% that that eye contact, that that feeling that anyone who is watching us right now, that I'm looking straight into their eyes and we're talking like if it's just, it's just you and, and, and me, right, together. Um, I believe that this is very valuable. I prefer to watch streams when content creators are looking at me and not at some notes or, or sides. But at the same time, I think it's quite natural that sometimes um, you might look um, at the window if you're thinking about something you might look up you might look down a little bit if you're actually trying to read something and you make it clear like hey i'm going to read you this because i need to see this number so i get them right uh, so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna look here because i'm reading um i believe that uh live content is much more forgiving for that kind of stuff uh versus television or any kind of like professional shows that you see on tv where people are expected to have all the tools and like constantly um kind of follow those standards and norms. Uh, but for me personally, yes, definitely look in the camera as much as you can and only turn, turn around or look other ways if you absolutely have to.
0: So what about engagement with respect to comments? So right now we're live streaming on Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook on multiple locations on Facebook, my personal mm-hmm. profile and three pages. How do I keep abreast of comments? Do I, can I see them in one place? Can I respond to them in one place? Or do I need to actually be monitoring each of the native networks?
1: So, If you're using something like Restream, uh, we do have chat aggregators. so we do allow you to either um, open it up in the browser or you can also have a desktop application where you can can manage all the comments together. It will show you a little icon of which platform it's coming from, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and you can actually react to each comment um, separately. You do have the opportunity to type things up as well and post it on all social platforms on, on your behalf. Most live streamers don't have the time to do that because it's really difficult to do something live and then type up some comments. So a lot of times uh, the best practice in my opinion is to respond to comments with your voice. So you read it, you can display it if you want to, especially if you're using studio, we have the opportunity to actually display the the comment as a little caption. uh, So everyone can see it right on your screen. And then you respond to that with your voice. Like that's to me the easiest way to do that. Um, in terms of but how you, you can't uh, do it if you're yeah. coming
0: through Zoom, right? Like I couldn't take a, a Facebook comment and bring it into the Zoom right now.
1: You you can have you can see that if you have um, Restream Chat Aggregator or Restream Chat open in a separate browser, and you could potentially copy and paste it in chat and and show it there that way. But no, if you're doing that through Zoom, uh, you don't have that cool feature of actually showcasing and highlighting the comment coming from somebody, but you can do that in the studio. Um, so definitely check it out um, next time if you want to test it and see how it looks. It looks pretty cool. People really love to see their face, their name, and their and whatever they typed up uh, right on your screen when you talk about this in comments.
0: So I noticed that on a lot of um Zoom events that I go to, uh, the host will welcome people as they're coming in, in the beginning and kind of make chit chat, small talk at the beginning to give people a chance to get settled. Um, What are sort of some of the best practices for engaging interactivity? How do you do that in a live stream?
1: Yeah, that is, um, again, a delicate balance between sticking to the content that people showed up for and recognizing people who showed up and being thankful for them being here with yeah, you, right? So if your whole stream is, hi, Janie, how are you doing? Oh, hi, James. I'm so happy to see you here. Oh, can can everybody hear me? Are my headphones lo- looking good? Can you hear the mic? Everything is good. Oh, hi, Mary. Like if that's your whole stream, of course, people who are there to hear something uh, substantial are going to eventually leave because they are not getting what, they're, what they want. On other hand if you show up and start to stream like a professional pre-recorded video without any uh, recognition or reaction to what people are saying well then you're losing probably 50 percent of the value of life which is interactive so you have to find a good balance between uh, recognizing that people are here responding to their comments and still sticking to your content how i personally do that is i like to allocate special time for that and i try to make it very clear in the very beginning that I'm seeing everybody. I welcome everyone on this stream. I'm so happy you guys are here. In the middle of this interview, we are going to allocate some time for comments. So I will be picking some questions. And if someone is just making comment that I think adds value to the conversation, we'll definitely display that and talk about that as well with my guest, or if it's just me, I will comment on that myself. And in that case, people know that, okay, so I can still type up things. And um, at some point there will be time when this is going to be recognized But it's not going to interrupt with the flow that i have so it helps me it helps the other audience and it also helps with repurposing your content because in the future of course um the podcast will be only interesting if something is going on and the discussion is flowing uh versus just constant like oh hello everybody oh hi you hi you
0: so in this case here we're going from zoom and one of the things i want to focus on is this idea of of taking something from zoom and extending the reach of that Zoom event onto social networks, is there a way to optimize the notification that posts to Facebook um, notifications to the uh, a LinkedIn notification stream? Is there anything you can do to sort of make that more noticeable and get more people to see that?
1: Yeah. uh, So all of those platforms, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook and YouTube actually do offer you the opportunity to schedule events so you can schedule your stream in advance and you can basically create a notification like a calendar thing. Like, hey, I'm going to be live this time with this title, with this information um, and you can come and join me. So that kind of creates a heads up for your community, which is very helpful. The downside of that specifically, um, I know that that's how it works on uh, LinkedIn, is that only people who say that, yes, I will attend that event will receive a notification when you go live. Whereas if you just stream live on your platform, on your profile, it's just gonna pop up to everybody in your community. Everyone is gonna get notified, but guess what? They will be caught in the middle of something, which is for professional audience like LinkedIn, not necessarily ideal because people aren't sitting around and waiting for you to pop up with your live stream. So um, what another thing that you can do is that you can just use your regular social posts and post on all those platforms saying, hey, I'm going to be live at this time. Here's, here's the information, um, please join me. Just kind of expect that to happen. I'm going to pop up live, but it's, that's when it's going to happen. In that case, you can notify everybody, which is something that I'm currently trying to play with. Uh, we're trying to understand with my team whether um, the value of that pre-scheduled uh, heads up of the event that's happening now is greater than the value of more people getting notification when I go live. So not, no clear answer on that just yet. Yeah, it kind of depends on, on how your community uh, operates. If they prefer to be um, scheduled and sign up for something or if they just prefer to show up whenever uh, whenever any new live stream pops up in their feed.
0: Anya, I've noticed on Zoom that usually depending on when I show up to a meeting, if like if I show up early, my, then my profile picture is on page one, and if I show up a little later, I'm on page two. I'm wondering, is there a way to sort of optimize your profile pic on a Zoom so that you show up on page one?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I know we talked about that yesterday, and I tried to research that, and there was no definitive answer anywhere to be found, at least I was not able to do that. Um, and so what I found on some of websites, like Reddit had that question asked, and the best answer... Uh, voted by Reddit was that Zoom um, actually positions those uh, gallery images or those people randomly, and every person sees them differently. So when you see yourself on the first page, that's just because it's you. And if I was attending that same webinar, I might be seeing you on page three. Um, So there is no specific algorithm that anyone is aware of, at least I'm not aware of, that allows you to optimize it and get you on the first page, um, I believe that showing up early um, might have some effect to that, but based on what I'm seeing, it kind of depends, like everyone is seeing the the gallery differently. That's why um, it's going to be hard to optimize it for everybody.
0: We started with more viewers than we have now. Um, we lost about 25% of our viewers. So I'd be curious to know from attendees, why did that happen? Why do you think they dropped off? Usually we lose 5%. We lost more this time. And, and kind of while you guys are thinking about that and, and, and sharing thoughts in the chat about that, Anya, what are the best practices for, you know, keeping people on, keeping them engaged, getting them not to drop off?
1: Yeah, well, so the key is the content, right? The most important thing that you can do um, in order to bring people in and and make them stay is to keep them interested. So if the conversation that you have, um, if the guests that you have, if if the whole topic of what you're doing is engaging and interesting to the community, most people will stick around. But it's also important to understand that. live streams are experienced differently than a TV show or an episode that is pre-recorded, right? So it's normal for people to kind of tune in for a little bit, uh, get a little bit of feel, stay online for 10, 15 minutes, ask their question, maybe if the interactive is part of the the experience and then uh, basically come back to it and maybe rewatch it later. So there's nothing terribly wrong about more people showing up at the beginning and then some people dropping off. And then sometimes you experience another spike towards the end because a lot of people had to uh, had to kind of like pause you and come back later. So that's not something to be super concerned about but of course the best thing to to keep people engaged is to keep them interested in the topic and also recognize them and give them that interactive opportunity just like you did earlier with james when you you, when you let people show up and ask their question directly when you showcase their video or their comments during your live stream well how that's going to make them stick around right
0: how polished should should a program a presentation like this be so is it better to come on and slick willy and have everything quick and 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 be or is it better to be a little bit more informal i remember in uh, the early days of podcasting we used to say you know it's better to be a little more informal cuz people are multitasking and also if you want engagement you don't want to be too polished cuz if you're too polished there's nothing left to say you've said it all So what are your thoughts on that with live streaming?
1: Um, I believe it's it's good to have balance. And I would say with live streaming, it's good to err on the side of not polished because like I mentioned, there are two major components of of life, right? One is interactive and another one is that it's authentic. It's you, you don't have a second chance. You don't have the opportunity to edit out a moment that was not perfect. If you misspelled or like said the word funny, Uh, you basically have to deal with it, right? You have to play along, you have to continue. And that moment, um, that that feature of live streaming, I think makes it more appealing because people feel that you are just a human being. You're not a wonderful, perfect host from a TV show. And when you make yourself vulnerable like this, a lot of people appreciate that. That's what I've been seeing a lot with um, other streamers that are using uh, Restream. And that's what I experienced myself. I realized that when I do something uh, that is not perfect, um, people tend to be supportive. People tend to react and say, hey, I understand that you have some background noise because you know we're all working from home right now. We understand that you didn't say that word right because you know English is not your native language. So, so that makes things more personal and more real. And I think you should own that and you should definitely play with that.
0: Let's uh, bring Kashana on. She had some interesting thoughts. Uh, uh, Kashana, are you there? Hi there. How are you? Good. Can we see you? Can you turn on your camera? Um, I might scare you, but No, no, we, we want to see you. We definitely no want to see you.
3: Give me one moment so I can at least look semi semi decent if you don't okay. mind. Okay. Put your <laughs> put your shirt on. Yes, absolutely. You know, and actually,
0: while she's doing that, I have a question for you. So, what about policies with respect to like profanity, nudity, controversial, <laughs> you know, stuff? How does that work? Like, how do you make sure, what, where are those rules? How do you access them?
1: I, th- I think it's hilarious that it's kind of like in relation with the, with the uh, attendees showing up. Yeah, what's your policy on unity? Um, I, so, so I believe that the policy is basically subject to platform, right? So when you think about what is allowed, what is not allowed, you have to follow the guidelines of the platforms that you're streaming to because they are the ones who, as you mentioned earlier, eventually own your content, and they are the ones who make the rules. So in general, though, they're very similar across the board, right? It's, of course, no nudity, no violence, no profanity, no um, discriminative and offensive content, nothing sexist, racist, and none of those things. And of course, those are common sense, right? So uh, when you stream, of course, this is this is what's expected. Um, And if you want to kind of like drill deeper into that, you can see the privacy policies and uh, terms of service of any platform. And I can guarantee you that they will be very, very similar in terms of what's allowed and what's not. And again, it's always common sense for the most part.
3: Welcome, Shana.
0: You had some interesting thoughts that you were sharing in the chat.
3: Hi there. Thank you so much for having this. Um, I have been just enjoying so many different personable Zooms and meeting streams. And it's just such a wonderful opportunity in such a grim situation to connect. So thank you so much for having me. Where are you? I am in Harlem, New York city. Okay. Um, yes.
0: <laughs> the epicenter, the, the yes, COVID epi- epicenter.
3: Epicenter. So I've been cooking a lot more, really appreciating the undivided time that I get with new people like this a lot more, um, enjoying the deck a lot more, just trying to get a little sun when I can.
0: So what is it that keeps you onto a stream and what is it that makes you, makes you bold?
3: I really am enjoying the educational component on streams. Um, If they're professionals that even if they're high level professionals, if they have a soft spot for uh, multiple levels of professionals that engage and, and conduct themselves well, I personally am invested in growing relationships. So I might dart a little bit earlier if I know this person in the five years I've been on LinkedIn with them, will never ever acknowledge my existence. I'll be there to appreciate the educational experience, but if I have three other Zooms at three o'clock, I gotta bolt. Yeah,
0: It's interesting, so then what would keep you around would be the prospect of building relationships.
3: Yes, and building quality relationships. Um, oftentimes, I know we've normalized casual quick hellos as some sort of a real connection, but. Really, you know, for example, I I was invited to be a speaker at uh, LinkedIn Transform Her. It's a premier event for Black and Latinx women in tech. So I know not only was I invited to be a panelist, but years later, the staff still engage me. They say, hey, Kishana, how you doing? I remember meeting you. Um, They have initiatives such as sort of mentor, Mentor Fridays and really different ways for people to just celebrate each other and make sure all levels from high level in-house to independent contractor are all being like sort of connected and having opportunities to grow together.
0: It's interesting. You know, there was a story yesterday on venture beat about a startup called rule the world. And it's a, it's basically a streaming platform that uh, will be used for conferences, panels, this type of thing. They got 11 million from, Andreessen Horowitz and uh, founders fund and um, and what was so interesting in the story was they talked about a feature they were going to build into it called cocktail party and this would be like a way after the thing is over to network with people and I know a lot of people on Zoom will do these breakout rooms and figure it out that way, but I guess somehow combining this sort of live stream with those breakout rooms where you or one on ones. I guess, would be the way that you would say to someone, hey, stick around and build relationships afterwards because we're going to have a cocktail party or one-on-ones or some way to, you know, connect with people.
3: I mean, I love that. I've been uh, snooping around in the world of streamed meetings, just curious about what's the smoothest, what's the easiest, you know, platforms like Teachable. I would say a comparable um, uh, web app that I've experienced is Hopin.io, really great um, speed networking breakout rooms. There's a great uh, sort of area for all the sponsors that you can, uh, you know, even if you've got 500 participants, they can all find the sponsors easily. And I think that, you know, as an independent um, brand and marketing communication strategist, it's really helpful that there are sort of those breakout rooms. And then of course for conferences, even if they're high level, I have, my guilty confession is I adore DJs. They make my universe happier, especially during distancing. So I just went to a cannabis speed networking uh, event that, that had several hundred people. And I met some inc- incredible people. The DJ was great. I was cooking and you know, everyone was sort of networking and sharing. And I, I thought that was pretty exciting.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on screen. I appreciate
3: okay. it. Thank
0: you. So I know that you had given us um, something to share here. Um, if you're interested in checking out Restream, here's a link that Anya gave me. And maybe you could tell us if there's anything, is this a special offer or what is this?
1: So, yeah, that's the opportunity for you to sign up and check out Restream. Um, I believe I did uh, include a $10 off, like $10 um Gift card for anyone who signs up. If you're interested in our professional or standard plans, any kind of like advanced features, uh, just to give you an idea, our uh, second after free plan is $19 a month, and our professional plan is $49 a month. So it's relatively affordable for, um, especially for businesses and for professionals. Um, I would definitely recommend everybody who's thinking about live streaming uh, to check out the studio because it makes things very easy to get started and to kind of understand how your community is going to react to lives uh, on different platforms. Um, and if you ever have any questions about this, if you have any insights, any feedback, uh, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn. Uh, to kind of second what was just said uh, by uh, by Kashana. is that I try to make sure that, you know, those things are meaningful and those connections last. And I do have time for you. I do have time for anybody who wants to talk about streaming, who wants to talk about, you know, our product or anything uh, in general that is related to live videos. So I definitely would appreciate any kind of um, connections and um, invitations and, you know, I'll I'll be happy to stay in touch.
0: Great. Well, listen, Anya, I want to thank you for taking the time to hang with us at PR Tech Wednesdays.
1: Well, thank you so much, Eric. Thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure.
0: Hey, do we have, are there any sort of last questions? Anyone before we uh, sign off? Just give it one last sec. I think we're good. Well, enjoy your Wednesday. Bye, everybody. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week.
1: Bye.